You've just hit the play button on episode 3 of TJ Nomo's Wild Rift podcast. Uh, this is actually episode 0.3b, Homo. I don't know how that works. I don't keep track. Because the last episode was also episode 3, but then we did record it, but it was so late in the week that I was casting WMS, so... And also it was a bit because that's the name of the patch that we're on this. That works, that works. Where have you been at, Leonard? What what slowed us uh, down? Why didn't we get an episode out last week? Um, I've been out of town. I came back into town recently. Actually, no, that's a lie. I've been back in town for like two weeks now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of doing my thing, you know? Yeah, I don't know. That was, we both just had a lot going on, so nothing came out. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what I was doing last week, though, Leonard. Yeah. I'm in Diamond again, baby. Hey, congrats to you, TJ. But so is everybody else now. Really? <laughs> yes. They released the like midweek matchmaking changes and everyone got a giant matchmaking MMR buff. Um, Wait, how does that work? How did that work? I can find the exact notes. Um, but right. basically, people at High Yellow were complaining about match times and having to play into people that weren't Diamond. And as we've talked yeah. about on this podcast before... That's like insane because the badge doesn't mean anything. Um, and so the official solution for this was to make more people diamond so that people stopped complaining about playing people with people that weren't diamond. Um, so more that, people weren't diamond. <laughs> that sounds like the worst possible way they could have fixed it. <laughs> Seriously? Did they really do that? Yep. Uh, as well of February 24th to, uh, quote, Make the experience of climbing smoother and to provide more teammates and opponents for your games, we're increasing the population of Diamond and Master tier. This will That's... initially result in large VP gains if you're at or near this rank. That's, 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 that's just weird. I'm not a fan of it. I don't like that take at all. I don't like that approach at all. It doesn't matter. But it is what it is. There's a... As I, I had a, like, minor freak out on my stream this week because... Yeah. Maybe it was last week. Because people were, like, one, right? complaining about matchmaking stuff. And I was like, okay, there's a shiny badge that the game gives you. And then there's a number behind it that's your actual MMR. And the shiny badge can have no connection to your actual MMR. So don't worry about it. And that's how I feel. I don't really care. But Thomas, people are here for the shiny badge. That's the whole point. <laughs> Genuinely, that's what they're here for. I know. And there's... There's a whole lot, like, I think that that's part of why people get so tilted in ranked is yeah, because exactly. the way that ranked systems are built, they're designed to kind of look like progression systems, right? They, yep. they look like leveling up systems in other games. And that's not really fair because the vast majority of players aren't going to level up through the ranks, right? Maybe you do over a long period of time, but for most people, you're not diamond because... You play once or twice a week, and you're about as good as the average gold or silver player, and that's fine. That's most people. But because it looks like a progression system, people are like, I've got to get better. I've got to progress. And I think that's kind of unhealthy. I think that's why people get tilted. Uh, well, there's a lot more like behind that as well, but that's a, that's a sound theory. I think that's a big part for sure. So anyway, get rid of ranked matchmaking for everyone is my solution to people complaining about ranked matchmaking. I think ranked matchmaking is a fundamentally bad idea. That is just that is, I can't, I cannot agree with that. No, you should have matchmaking, right? You should get yeah. 
have the system behind the scenes that's putting people in ranked matches right now, but don't tell people anything about your rank or anything. Just give them a game. Let them play the game. We should just revert back to MMR systems. I think that's the best middle ground here. Just get... What? Take there away the shiny badge. Yeah, but like show the MMR instead of having a shiny badge that says diamond, whatever. The I, numbers, I you know, bring like it back that to the numbers. Less. And I bet I'm the developers man. like it less as well because. Yeah, everyone hates it. I like it. I, I look at the number and then I feel bad. That's the point. <laughs> but then people will play And you should less, feel bad. So why don't you play more and get a higher number? That's the point. Everyone will play less. Maybe I'm just motivated in a weird way. Yeah, I'm, well, there's definitely, like, the hardcore, like, if you grew up playing StarCraft and Quake... Ah, uh, yeah, I played StarCraft. ...then I think that's, like, what you're used to. That's what's coded into your brain. That's why Dota yeah. still operates that way. That's why Overwatch yeah. operates that way. Overwatch just gives you a number. But, yeah, but I mean, that game sucks, though. That's the only thing they did, right? I kind of like the obfuscation. I don't want to actually know how bad I am. Overwatch has a better system as well. I think they do both. Overwatch has a badge system, League of Legends has an MMR system. It's just to what yeah, degree yeah. does any of this get surfaced, right? Sure. For League of Legends PC, you can go to third-party websites where they built out the ladder, right? And you can actually look at what percentile you're in. That stuff exists if you go looking for it, it's just hard to get to. And in yeah. Overwatch, there is a badge system, it's just deprioritized, and the big thing on your screen is the number. Fair um, enough. So what I was going to say is, I think maybe we should have a ranked system where you do have a rank and you do have a badge and a number and all of that, but it's like hidden behind a menu and the main thing that changes when you get out of game is it tells you about your progression towards different achievements or something like that. Man, so that that's you're, so lame. Hear me out. So that even in losses, you're rewarded for playing well. So that even oh. when you're behind by x billion gold you're still like oh well i, I can keep killing minions and the number goes up oh. uh and then i think people would play the game better oh, i don't know i'm not i don't like that at all it's not my kind of thing well it's not like, for you because there are people like I mean, you who true. are always going to play optimally and freak out a little bit when you lose you know <laughs> there are gamer types yeah but it's for the people in your game that hit the surrender button when they die in lane. Because those people aren't having a good time. The system is not well, working for those, those people. Those people are psychotic regardless. No, those people are those people are depressed, dude. Those people are, like, <laughs> addicted. It's, it's actually yeah, a problem. that is true. That is actually true. Because if, if you were hitting the go button to join a matchmaking game, like, multiple times a week, and you're not having fun... Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> Like, that's called addiction. That's a problem. Yeah, I've been there. Unless it's your job. In which case, none of that applies. I hope you're getting paid for it. <laughs> there were some other changes to the MMR system. Did you want to talk about that? I can go through that. The more I hear about it, the more mad I get. Some of it was good. Um, I think that some of the stuff they did in Diamond, they made it so that you don't lose as many points when you lose, essentially, so you can hang in Diamond longer. Um... And they made it harder to uh, match into unfair 5v5s with other premates. That's good. Um, the other thing they said that I think it, because like everything that happened visibly in that little update to matchmaking was mostly just visual. It was mostly just how do we rewire people's brains so they stop complaining on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And 
the thing that like actually matters is of course the algorithm behind the scenes that's giving people fairer matches so i'd just like to read this paragraph um from the the post here because i think it is important all right it's important to remember that there's no fix for matchmaking our algorithm has to constantly balance keeping queue times short maintaining fair games and giving you the freedom to select a position of your choice Every change we make will impact at least one of those aspects, and finding the right balance needs to work for all players, not just a specific yep. skill group. I think that's a really good point, because one yes. of the things I do really like about Wild Rift is that I can queue any role and get it. I can yep. at any time find a match within two minutes in a role I want, and that's kind of incredible. That is. I agree. So, but I'm actually curious. Which roles are the most popular and which is like the least popular role? We don't have the stats. Anecdotally, it is hardest to get top and mid. Interesting. I think okay. mid is the most popular. Top is probably the second most popular. That would also line up with every time there's a poll of like aspiring pro players or a whole bunch of people join a server and they mm. have like one of those selector role things. I always look to see oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the most selected roles are. And it lines up mid and top being some of the most popular. That's um, very interesting. Typically duo support junk. What? Nobody wants to play jungle because everyone yells at you. And nobody wants to play support because it doesn't yeah. feel like you can do anything. Which is false, by the way. If you play support and you feel like you can't do anything, you're just bad. But like support is so overpowered. But let's not talk about that. Support is very overpowered in organized yeah. play. But No, anyone... if, you're, if you're a good support, you can like 1v9 the game. 100%. Maybe not every game, but you can 1v9 a significant number of games if you're a good I've support. seen some things, Leonard. I know. I know. I think that in solo queue, it's very hard because you need people to engage with support yes, behavior in order to succeed. Right. You can, if that you're the best engage in the world and the other players on your team aren't even bad but don't know how to play around a support, it doesn't matter. I would say, yeah, once you ha you have to hit a certain rank in order for support to be able to start carrying. Because if you play, like, in even plat games, even plat games, you go and flash gank mid lane as an Alistair or something, sometimes your mid laner doesn't even see you there. Like, this is a very real thing that happens, so you gotta hit a certain rank before support starts mattering. But I agree, especially in, like, pro-level plays, support is one of the most important roles. Like, the caveat is that, like, you have to, of course, be off a certain rank. And, like, one of the big reasons for that uh, is, like, support players are so bad like support attracts a lot of boosted animals no genuinely like i think there was like a, a whole thing done in league pc a while back where it's like oh support players have the worst mechanics blah blah blah, blah. and i think that's true i think support players are just genuinely really really bad and that's why when you see a good support it really shows like it yeah. makes a huge difference no you can definitely and when there's a good support and they're just able to constantly like the big thing with support is demanding the enemy's attention the big thing is Mm -hmm. You can pull the enemy team around the map in yeah. a way that no other role can. Because the yes. jungler's got shit to do. The laners have to stay in their lanes for the most part. And as the support, you can dictate where the game goes. Yes, and you don't have to farm. That's great. And and when you see a support player who does that well, it's just game ending. Yes, 100%. Except, of course, if they're the only person on the team that's playing the map and everyone else is just sitting at the back of their lens farming for late game on characters like Lucian. I've seen that happen too many times. I, I don't want to get into that it. A lot. <laughs> I, I had to role swap. I was like, we're having this conversation about how good supports are. Again, 
Yeah. You're only as good a support as your team is willing to capitalize on. Sure. And yeah. I got so turbo stuck in Emerald as a support player that I roll swapped to mid and climbed out two seasons in a row because nice. I had to just play roles where I could do damage. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. You have to beat a carry. Okay. Um, yes. We, we also got a patch this week. It is patch 3.0B. Uh, the last balance patch of this 3.0 cycle, it does really seem like they've learned their lesson from the time that they made it uh, patch 3.0, and everyone freaked out because they thought 3.0 should be saved for a big patch, and then they got yeah. yelled at on Twitter for a week. And it does really yeah. seem like they've learned their lesson, and they're now not <laughs> incrementing the number for anything less than adding a new character, and I respect them for that. Yes, I mean they have a hard time. They have to do their jobs and like consider. I I don't know. Um, do you do you have anything? There, there were a couple of champion nerfs, couple of champion buffs. Yes. Uh, I think we'll talk about the big one in detail before we yes. get there. Is there anything else that was interesting to you? No, nothing really caught my eye. I think all the the, the buffs, the nerfs, whatever, they are pretty minor. Nothing really stood out to me. Uh, Fizz got slapped. Yeah, but like no one plays Fizz anyway, so like. Yeah. <laughs> Not true. I think Fizz <laughs> is dominating at low ELO in solo queue. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, that, that I won't be surprised. Because he's just a very easy execution assassin. He's like the Fisher-Price assassin, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I like that he's relatively non-committal as well as compared to other assassins. I think being able to be non-committal is broken on assassin. Like Zab. That's why Zab is broken. Yeah, and and that's why both of us are kind of down on him being down on this update being meaningful pro for professional play because mm -hmm. any pro who is good at the game is playing zed for all their fizz needs um so <laughs> why much, would they yeah. care um jack's lulu also got nerfed i hope this means we'll stop seeing lulu it's not a huge nerf but i feel like this is like one of those psychic nerfs yes where yes. they know that if they put lulu in the nerf column people will stop picking her yes that's um, exactly what it is which they should do, because people keep picking Lulu and she sucks, dude. I mean, I think she's decent, but she's just very good at one thing, right? Where she's just like, I'm going to buff you, please carry me. I actually, what I, what I like her more for is into Brawl. I think she's actually quite good yeah. into Brawl, because you can deny the shield. I, I mean, that's one thing. I think it's also just... You play an enchanter in like a Braum, it's a free lane, you scale for blah, 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 blah. That's not true. Braum's one of the most effective, aggressive early laners. I'm going to disagree Wait, with you there. But like, if you lose a 2v2 to a Braum lane as a range champ, like, you're pretty bad. Mm. Lane, well, but like... I, I, Braum can do some stuff in Wild Rift. He can pedal to the metal. And I respect that you have not been playing with my Braum, but... I've seen your Braum. <laughs> everyone is sleeping on how aggressive Braum can get in the early game. I think Brom needs to play tightly with his jungler, though. Like, Brom can do a lot of things, for sure, but I think that relies also on his jungler being active. Like, in the yeah. context of an isolated 2v2, I think Brom is genuinely pretty... Unless people mess up, which people tend mm. to. I don't want to agree to disagree on our big, strong bully. Uh, <laughs> it's also a support character that matters, because they took Lulu. Lulu really sucked, because she just wasn't mm -hmm. fun to play with, because it was basically just taking one of the players on the team off the team and yep. then reinvesting in another player who then became the entire team, and that's just not very fun to watch or play. Um, so it's really good that she got nerfed. Unfortunately, Yumi got turbo buffed. This is like the biggest buff I've ever seen them give a character. 
it it's really weird to me as well because it makes no sense. Like Yumi did not feel weak at all. And I haven't watched other leagues too much, but in looking at the WCS and like how a team's been using her in the WCS, she definitely seems strong. Well, I think she's I think her stats aren't high enough for her to be good in solo queue. This is the same problem they had in League of Legends PC, which is that if you make Yumi good enough that she can fulfill her intended purpose, she becomes insanely powerful for pro players. Yes. And if you 100%. have if you have her with enough stats that somebody who's new to the game or somebody who doesn't know how to play the game at the highest level can just piggyback along and still help the team, then anyone who is using that same kit to its optimal extreme is going to break the video game. I mean, I completely agree. I feel like the way people play Yumi, especially because we've been seeing a, a rise of Baron Lena's play Yumi, right? I feel like they're not really using her in the right way. Uh, people always think she's just like, okay, no hands, you know, stay in the, stay in your carry, just press E, let them carry you. Yumi can be pretty active. I like blocking spells, taking mm. damage. You should be playing to min-max your health bar as well. People never do that. They never proc their shields. And it's just like what you said, right? Because if they buff her anymore, then she's just going to take over the game when people who know how to play her actually play her. So like, why are you buffing her? Like, she's already strong. She was already in pro play. So why are you... It, it just makes no sense. To it, it does feel like... They're going off of solo key stats, which, are, which I'm sure are abysmal. Like, I, I really, like, she's not very much fun to play in solo queue, um, but I just, like, I also, in WNS, the North American League, we had one really good support player just mm -hmm. pick up Yumi and be terrifying on her already, pre-buff. WCK yeah. had a Yumi pick uh, that was really yeah. good. WCS, the, the Southeast Asian Leagues, had, like, a ton. Yeah, a lot. Um... So seeing this, which is legitimately just everything in her kit got buffed significantly. Yes, it's it's just ridiculous. The big one to me as well is the is the buff on the cooldown time of what's the spell called? Her bop and bop and block, whatever it's called. Um, that spell is actually really broken. A lot of Yumi players don't know that you can actually detach, which is crazy. But like when you when you use your detachment at the right times, it's actually so strong. Like, you can do so yeah. much more. And buffing the cooldown on that is actually so good. And in early game, that's two whole seconds off the cooldown, yeah, which is, is more significant because, of course, everyone's building items that reduce the cooldown further. Yeah. So. And also because it's one point for, for a significant amount of the game as well. I think you max it second in Wild Rift, yeah. but I still think that's where you're like, what, like level, level six, level seven before you start adding more points into yeah. it. So that's six or seven levels where you have a two-second buff on your W is just so good. Um, and then they felt the need to add twenty damage to her ultimate to yeah, I don't know why uh, buff every single stat in her prowling projectile significantly, yeah. including cutting the mana cost of it by twenty. It's just yep. it's cartoonish, right? It's just this yeah. character is going to be so broken. To be fair, one thing I could say is that prowling projectile is impossibly hard to hit in this. <laughs> like it's so hard to hit. Maybe I'm just bad, but I find it so hard to. Well, again, I think we have to look at this from two perspectives. One of which is, in your average games, don't get me wrong, this is going to make Yumi very good. Because she's yes. already a solid champion, uh, but people didn't know how to play her. And there will be this coinciding, this cascading effect as yeah. people show up and know how to play her now. And also, she's really good. And then that's going to cause more people to learn how to play her because she's now really good. 
and so on until we're playing Yumi every game, and that's going to happen. Yes, but that is also, definitely going to happen. But I, but I think that's going to be manageable, especially at low levels. Um, build executioners calling hashtag thrive in pro play where there are coordinated teams funneling gold onto people in order to enable the Yumi strat. This is just going to need to be banned every single game or the games. Are. I think so. I genuinely think, especially since Yumi is able to be flexed in this game, you just get rid of her. Like, there's an argument where, okay, if Yumi is going support, you know Yumi is going support, you can counter pick her. You can play like Trash Draven and try to dive them, you know, things like that. There are things you can do. But if you do that and then Yumi just goes Baron Lane, then what do you do? You're just screwed, right? Like, that champ should not be able to be flexed. And a it's a bit of a. Mama. Huh? Got a draft brawl, mama. I don't know about that one, chief. It's because he's got a shield. He can take the hits. He can play <laughs> aggressive into Yumi in lane early. Braum is Yumi really outscales him. Yumi scales for free in that lane. Braum is really aggressive. Oh, I don't know. I feel like a the good Yumi The lane shows more. You can you. land Winter's bite every two seconds. Ah, uh, I don't know. I think that's. I think that's a tough thing because, like, if you're a good enchanter player and you play double range into Braum and you space him well, he shouldn't be able to bully you. But he made without range. his jungle, the without his tiny. jungle. Yeah, you can have this but you, you're perma pushing. Or you can but you're sit behind your turret. There's no, there's I mean, no in between. And if you're gonna try and take the CS, I'm hitting you with that snowball. But that's the thing. Like Brom should never be able to outpush a, a Yumi lane. Should perma push the Brom lane. Well, that, Double range should always push. You have to, you have to pair with like Ash or Lucian or somebody who can push really aggressively. Um, yeah, maybe but, with like an Ash. Or, yeah, but Brom should be paired with Ash, Lucian, or Varus. Uh, and if he's in those matchups, I really do think he's incredible. I think that's a, that's a fair argument, because I, the the problem I see with Yumi is I don't like a, I don't like her AD pairings right now. I don't like the, the champions available for her to pair with. And I think the best one is probably... I think the only good pairing she has is probably... Yeah, uh, if you want to be aggressive. Yeah, but then, like, Ezreal can't really push Ezreal. Yeah, and and that's the other thing I would say, is you're, you're talking about double range pushing. Yumi isn't really a ranged champion in lane, right? She doesn't have this same offensive pressure as uh, Soraka, for instance, which can hard shove yeah. people underneath turret. Um, Yumi, Yumi doesn't really have that. Uh, and there are trade-offs, which are that it's impossible to, to properly gank a Yumi. So there is that trade-off of you're never going to catch the Yumi off guard and just kill her because she can always speed boost back behind the turret. Yeah, I mean, um... Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair. Like, I, I still think that the biggest problem we see with Yumi right now is oh, she's just so strong that people are willing to play her in other lane. Like, the fact that she can just go to Baron lane just seems pretty illegal to me. And then it just makes this whole... Yeah. This, it just makes this whole situation even well, tougher to deal with. There aren't any, I think, especially in Asia, there aren't a whole lot of, like, lane bully Baron laners being played. Yeah. Right? And I, I mean, that's part of it. The worst matchups I would imagine for Yumi is something like a like a Camille probably singed. Um, Run singed into Yumi. Honestly, honestly, maybe. Yeah, yeah it doesn't sound. But then you're playing singed, right? You are Crap. stuck playing singed, but <laughs> that's the problem. I I I would actually love to see like Pantheon up there in the top lane into Yumi. Oh, that's I true. Think that's, that's a really good belief. Yeah, yeah, that's enough. And then, but then it's the same thing, right? Then you're stuck playing Pantheon. And then, like, if you don't kill her X number of times in, like, two, I three think, minutes, she just leaves. I think Pantheon's all right. That shield provides a lot of value. Is yeah, it but good? he just, in terms of scaling. Yeah. Because you also got to consider you're pairing a Yumi with, like, a Jax. And but then once you, you reach the 15 minutes, you kill the Yumi, over. you ult to mid, your mid laner's ahead, <laughs> game over, right? I mean, in that scenario you're describing, yes. But how often is that going to happen? When I'm playing the Pantheon, 
ever game. Maybe. <laughs> you need to set the example. Uh, there were a whole lot of changes to runes. They changed basically every rune. Is is any of that exciting to you? Eh. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing really stood out. I I think like your like you said in your blog post, maybe phase rush. But I just feel like it's not that. I would rather just take Aerie. That's a good, that's a good plot. I'll link the I'll link the blog post where I get in depth on some of these patch changes uh, in the show notes. I had some thoughts. I think Phase Rush is they they buff that. I think that'll be interesting just because of the characters that are in meta, especially on the tank side right now. So it's kind of fun. I want to see Phase Phase Rush Darius. You know, he has ghosts. He's good. Wait, no. Yeah, but I want to see have ghosts, Phase I, Rush yeah. Darius. Honestly, yeah, it's, it's doable. Protobelt, Phase Rush, Ghost. I feel like you lose so much value from not having Conqueror, though. Yeah. They also buffed Electrocute, good. which does mean some people don't need to run Conqueror. That's true. Maybe less airy takers as well for mages consider Electrocute. Oh, and the big one, Fruit is less good. Yeah, I don't know. Is that a big deal? Like, to me, it doesn't seem like a huge deal. Like, what, we went from, like, 25% to 20%. Like, that's okay. Well, there's two big hits that matter, so... Uh, when you take Sweet Tooth, uh, your Honey Fruit healing gets amped up by 25%, yeah. which is significant. That's down to 20%. Yeah. I don't know how significant that change is. It definitely makes it less optimal. In combination yeah. with they also knocked 5 gold off of the bonus gold, I think it stops it from being what it was, which was a must-have if you want to be good in early game trades. Right. I think the important question to ask then is what's the alternative? What else is in that is in that tree that you can yeah. take instead? What else do you have? Because that's what it was getting pulled for yeah. is if you want to trade in the early game, what runes do you take? And the answer was obviously Sweet Tooth. Um, I think Second Wind might be good enough now. They they uh, buffed it. Oh yeah, I do like Second Wind. Um, and they buffed the, the reset time. They like halved the reset time. So yep, it's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, now it used to be you would get poked and then you would regenerate the health that you got poked by ten over the course of the next ten seconds. Uh, that regen now happens over the course of the next five seconds, and that's a little interesting because it will mean that second win is more powerful. I also wonder if maybe, and this might work on me. It's just a case of <laughs> second wind's a good rune, but nobody notices because 10 seconds is such a long time. Nobody notices that the regen is happening. Second um, wind is for sure a good rune. Like, it's definitely a good rune. So, maybe that gets in. Maybe that sees some play over the top of Switch yeah, Tooth. I think that's fair. If you play like a melee into range matchup, that's definitely something you can consider taking. But also, like, I've started playing Baron Lane recently because I've been playing Trio Q with some friends. Uh, normally I, I would play jungle, right? Now that I move into Baron lane, I see really how absurd Honeyfruit. Like, yeah. it just completely negates bad trading. <laughs> you could just feel like, it's... I didn't like that trade, bucko. <laughs> yeah, and then you just reset, and then, okay, cool, I will say, you're back in it. I think of Honeyfruit like summoner spells when I'm in lane. It is, it is, yeah. I think of, fair. okay, well, I didn't win the trade, I didn't get the kill, but I did force him to burn his Honeyfruit inefficiently. And that's going to give me an advantage. Yeah, but to me, it just seems like it's too forgiving. I, I like games to be punishing. Well... Because I like to punish people. I think so with like... Wild Rift, they don't want to make you... Like, if you have to reset yeah. earlier during laning phase yeah. in Wild Rift, that's pretty... Mis no, I completely understand why they do it. I'm just... And I think it's fair. I'm just whining about it because oh, yeah. I can't believe people had enough. 
you just need to play set, and then you can just go under turret. Also, Garen. You just need True. to play tanks. Yeah. Everyone needs to play more tanks. No, I just play Jace and make them flash at level 1. Because people are dumb and they don't know what Jace does. Jace. Have you been running this uh, Korean Jace build that I think Choir was running in the WCK, where it's just full lethality, serrated dirk items all the way? You know what? I feel like that's actually the way. Like, I've been yeah. building Black Cleaver. I've been building Black Cleaver, but I really don't like it. I feel like as Jace, you should just stack Lethality. Let me, I mean, I, obviously, this is dependent on team comps as well, right? Let me pull it up, because I've been running it in my games, and it rules. Uh, yeah, I, I might try that tonight. If I go. lose, yeah, I'm blaming you. Edge of Night into Vamp Boots, Zonyas. Vamp Boots. I hate Vamp Boots. Into Yomu's Ghost Blade, into Mortal Reminder, into Dusk Blade, into Grudge. Yeah, I think that's fine. That that honestly sounds fine to me. I feel like in games where you don't need Black Cleaver, that's completely fine. I mean, I could see the argument that like the CDR from Black Cleaver is too good, but like if you I don't know. if you complete Duskblade, you can just sit in a bush and your power shot scales off of AD. People mm -hmm. like assume it scales off of AP because it looks like an AP ability. Does anyone really think that? Because that's really true. It, it scales off of AD, so. Yeah. And you also get a huge AD bonus on your first ability cast after you change form. So you yeah. switch over to uh, gun form, you sit in a bush, you hit him with the big power shot, and you can like two-thirds their HP, if not more. Lovely. And then your auto attack bonus kicks in, and you just shred them. They're just gone. Two shots. Well, I know what I'm playing tonight. Duskblade, baby. More people Duskblade. need to build Duskblade. Grudge is actually my favorite item on him, but you can't buy it until like third, fourth item though. Yeah. At least sec at least third, I think. And I feel like Jace, I don't know if this is I think this is more a consequence of what kinds of games go late enough. Mm -hmm. Because if the other team is squishy and Jace gets ahead, the game is just right. Yes. But in games where I'm playing against tanks in the late game, I feel like Jace doesn't do enough sustained damage and I'm just kinda poking up. That's when you need the black leap. Yeah. That's that's when Black Cleaver plus Serenus really comes in clutch. So you get like if you're playing against a heavy tank team, you have BC first, and you have Serenus to it, and you have like a I don't know Edge of Night, Ghostblade, whatever as your second item. You just you still shred them unless you're behind. Like if you're like even or ahead, you still shred them because of BC Grudge, which is such a good combo. Yeah, I think the the choir build that I just read out is really good for Squishies, bursting yeah. in hammer form. Switch yeah. out, burst them and gun for right. It's the like I want to be almost an assassin. You are like you basically yeah. are an assassin. But if you want to sit at the back of the fight and pump damage in, then Black Cleaver makes more sense. I think it is probably more optimal to play like Choir, but also harder because if you mess up with that build, it's just over. You don't have the bonus health from Black Cleaver. You're just dead. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think this is cool. I'll definitely be trying it in the right situation. I love that we can talk about itemization on Chase. That was yeah, my, I mean, it's crazy because I only notes. started playing. I only started playing Wild Rift like a month ago. <laughs> or like, yeah, a little bit more. Uh, why don't we take a quick break and then we can go to the esports corner and then we can wrap things up? Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah. Alright, Leonard, uh, we've hit the patch notes, we've done everything. Let's go into like a little bit of an esports corner over here. Uh, I've been working on the WNS in North America. Mm -hmm. We completed our first major two weeks ago, uh, and we didn't record the podcast, so we can talk about that a little bit. 
Um, nice. And then we did, because of the way the system works, the top four teams from the major are auto-qualified to the next major. And then we are going to run two qualifiers. The first qualifier happened last week, uh, and I worked on that, and we qualified the top two teams out of that into the major, and we have another qualifier this upcoming weekend that will qualify two more teams. Um, so, full swing in North America. We're kind of at that beautiful point where we've gotten the temperature test with the first of the three majors. We know who the top teams are, but there's a lot of wiggle room. We've got a lot of very serious competitors. Nice. I mean, that's what you've been talking about, right? That NA is actually competitive. This Yeah, I think the, like, like I've said previously on this show, I don't know that there are any North American teams right now that I would say are able to compete with Asia. I think yeah, there are so many course. teams right now that I would put against the best in Europe and LATAM and say, this is going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that there are any North American teams that could win versus Asia. However, the fact that we have, I would say, six, seven, or eight teams that could have a good weekend and win the major is incredible. Nice. Um, that's that's the, great, yeah. At the very least, there are six teams that could have a good weekend and win the major. That's actually insane. That's so many teams. Yeah. The, like, most fully competitive regions in the best esports don't have that number of serious competitors. It's usually you have yeah. pretty clear separ- separation between like the top two teams and everyone else. So I think the fact that in North America we have that depth and that real volatility means that everyone's <laughs> getting better much faster. Yeah, that's true. More comp- competitive this is always cuz like Cloud9 dropped completely out of the major. They got beaten by a team called Fam whose logo was Vin Diesel. Um <laughs> and uh, absolutely shattered i think by sentinels in the upper bracket like very clean knockout did not look good looked pretty awful in fact in the broadcast match um don't know how they lost to fam that wasn't on camera fam are all right they're, they keep getting better but they're not a good team they shouldn't be beating cloud nine um they keep getting better which is the most interesting part about fam and like there's a ton of lower tier teams right now that aren't good right now couldn't compete with the best in north america but every time I see them in a qualifier, I'm like, whoa, they're actually drafting now. What? Whoa, they're like playing the math now. And it's this same group of five players who keep coming back and looking better and better. So that's cool. Anyway, Cloud9, beaten by fam, drop out of the major, come to the qualifier, and put together Leonard. I am not kidding. The best professional Wild Rift drafts I've ever seen outside of Asia. I thought you were going to see worse. I'm surprised. <laughs> outside of Asia literally every single game that's 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 great what would ross was uh, there anything that uh, like stood out to you it was mostly uh, just really solid cool. execution of their meta um right there was a couple they like ended up running yumi on graves which i didn't like i'm not a graves fan i think graves sucks and i think their team they have tarzan in the jungle who is of course this very experienced league of legends pc player and streamer um and he is not a bad player he's a very good player in fact but there are not a lot of scaling jungle options, and they do not look good when they play to scaling jungle. They have a really good AD carry player, who's one of the best AD carries in North America, at the very least, um, and they should just be playing to their AD carry player. And that was the big thing that shifted, where they went from playing uh, two Tarzan in the jungle to, we're going to put Tarzan on Lee Sin. And this very experienced AD, uh, this very experienced jungle player 
who's been playing League of Legends since like the very beginning of League of Legends, is going to run the map for the first five minutes of the game playing Lee Sin, which is an incredible choice. And it turns out he's really good at that. So he would just gank lanes or like get a whole bunch of gold onto old school, their AD carry, and he would then take over the game because he's a really good AD carry player. And that shift in strategy is what I've been calling for for a while. But that shift in strategy worked out really well for them. And the way they assembled their compositions, even the Graves Yuming comp, which I didn't like, was really good all weekend. Uh, they've been doing an incredible job of building their drafts just in the way pro teams in League of Legends do, which is you start the drafts in ways that can be interpreted multiple different ways. It's a little bit yeah. like chess openings, right? Yeah. You're trying to pick the chess opening that leaves you with the most options. And so they'll draft into people and like they, were, they picked the Yumi to play with Graves earlier in the tournament. And then in the grand finals, they pick Yumi and the other team goes, right, we got to bully the bottom lane. Or, sorry, we got to bully the jungler. So we got we to gotta draft to... Uh, erase the bottom lane early because that's going to be weak um, yeah. and we got to shut down the jungler early game because uh, they're going to have a weak early game jungler and then they pivot mid-draft put the Yumi on the Lucian in the bottom lane and get a Nunu in the jungle you can't really bully Nunu and he just shows yes. up at the bottom lane over and over again and this Yumi Lucian nightmare gets turbo fed and it's their best player and he's playing into a weak early game AD carry so they have no late game answer. And they get all that from the uh, like just a little bit of obscuring, a little bit of options built into their draft. Th that's the thing that I hate about Yumi by the way. Like it's just crazy that a champion that broken can be allowed to flex. Yeah, well, you know, we've, we've complained enough about Yumi. The important thing is, <laughs> Cloud9, great drafts, uh, and they made that, like, recovery and adjustment over the weekend. Like, they are the fifth best team in North America by the standings, and I don't think they are in reality. And that's very exciting to be able to say, this fifth best team could be one of the best teams. That's, that's great to hear. Um, I'm glad that you're doing good over there. So how's uh, the I WCS going? No, What's going on no, in we're good. Uh, Malaysia, we're, Singapore? It's not much for us to really talk about here. Really? I just tell you know, give me the news. Let me get all the deets, oh, Leonard. What's the going on? Terrible. Oh. It's a two-horse race. It's just genuinely just a two-horse race. We've got the best Singaporean team. We've got the best Malaysian team, and literally everyone else is just terrible. What is? I let's know, let's sad. do what I've been doing in North America. Call them bad, but like a little bit constructively. What's going wrong? Where did I start, man? <laughs> Mechanics are bad. Macros bad. Game understanding is bad. We literally have pro teams. Pro teams. This team has a gaming house, apparently, which is just insane to me. I won't name them, but if anyone watches the WCS, you know which team I'm referring to. They have a gaming house, and they still do bonehaded plays. Like, their junglers and Olaf, who got chunked out to half health before their objective started. They know they can't fight that. They have no setup. The river is completely controlled by the opponents. He just pops Ragnarok, tries to run in, smite steel, and, like, yeets it in. And it's just so brain dead. It's so boneheaded. I'm not a fan of this league at all. But uh, I gotta be strong until we get to regionals, I guess. Yeah. And you guys are racing towards that. Um, you say racing, but we've got like another month. Of yeah, you know, a month before all of the regions in Southeast Asia combine yes. for a super tournament the likes of which nobody has ever seen. You know? <laughs> I'll take that. That's pretty we, exciting. We literally just saw Sea Champs like a couple months ago. Sea Champs didn't have anything on this. I feel like teams are way better than Sea Champs. 
The Siege Champs True, was I think that's the, case, the yeah. most exciting tournament we've had, I think. Like, yeah. no disrespect to the Horizon Cup, which obviously was very exciting because we had tons of international teams. Sea Champs just had the depth thing going on, where just yeah. 15 teams could have been the best team in SEA. Yeah, that, that was really cool. I really did like um, that. Well, I mean, we I wouldn't say 15 teams, but there were quite a number of teams that had a good shot. At least eight. At least eight. That's fair. That's a lot. It's, it's a decent amount, yeah. It's a lot of teams, Chief. <laughs> it's um, definitely more than Horizon Cup, which was like, which Chinese team is going to win? Yeah. Actually, Horizon no, that's Cup. a lie. I mean... I had a lot of fun watching the Sengoku uh, KT yeah. games. Um, yeah. I think there was a lot of fun at Horizon around Thunder Talk, who just like were like limping through that tournament and somehow <laughs> still beating everyone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Horizon was fun. But you know, yeah, SEA it was, was all better. Fun. So I'm counting the days till regional. Let's go. I mean, I'm hyped too. Anything to get me out of watching these crappy teams. This is why we only get one slot to reach. Um, so there's just no doubt who's the best team in your region. Well, there's two. It's a two-horse race. Oh, yeah. It's between LFO and SEM9 for anyone who's interested to tune in. These two teams are decent. Everyone else is terrible. And and where can people find those games? Uh, don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually don't even know what the Twitch is. But the good thing, what I do like about Wild Rift is everything is on twitch.tv slash Wild Rift Esports. Or uh, youtube.com slash Wild Rift Esports. youtube.com slash Wild Rift Esports. Yeah, everything is there, so that's the great thing. Uh, and it has been airing, that's where I've been catching them, because when I watch ProVods, I have to be able to rewind. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I tuned in to some of your casts. Uh, I will admit, I was using the rewind function to go, what happened? What, what did he just do? <laughs> but I couldn't do that without YouTube. Of course. YouTube is genuinely 500 times better than Twitch VODs. Uh, also, because it doesn't have Twitch chat. Well, that's a minus to me. <laughs> I really like so I've seen some takes in Twitch chat recently. Uh, yeah, they always have. The problem is I, I always read Twitch chat and they always just say things and I'm like, I can't argue with you. Because people know who I am, right? And yeah. like WNS. Yeah. It used to be I could go into WNS chat and just like tell people they were dumb. But if I do that now, then um, people know who I am and they're going to get upset at me. That's fair. I mean, I still do it, but... <laughs> just take a leaf out of the Obo book and just be unrepentantly toxic. Well, toxic's not the word I would use. Well, I but, know, yeah. but it's the word I would use. <laughs> well, I don't see it that way. I'm positive. I, Good vibes. Things get a little chaotic on the rift, so every week we like to restore a little bit of order to the world. I've brought our power rankings this week. Uh, Leonard, Ooh. I'm very excited for this one. Let's order the best character pairings. So by that I mean, this was inspired by some of the drafts I saw this week that I really liked. Oh, I already Let's have the Let's talk about, you have one character, and you add another character. What are the yeah. best sets of two characters that you can draft yeah. in Jack Yumi. Jack Yumi. Really? Even after Jack's nerf? Yeah, I mean, I think the champ is still broken, and I think that duo is still broken. Okay. Uh, well, let's go through the list. Do you want to go first? Because you do need to name five of them, or should I go first? Oh crap! Okay, you go first. I need something. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start right off the bat and just show my bias. I think mm -hmm. Varus Braum is the best character pairing in the game. You can't do anything to that lane. That lane can bully you early, and you will lose once the game gets past the ten minute mark. Yeah, I mean, I think Varus makes up for a lot of the weaknesses that Braum has, so that's definitely... Um, um, yeah, go on. And then I would go a little bit of an off-meta. I was thinking, because North America really likes to, uh, like, 
compare Leeson, Ari, and I was like, I don't, I mean, Ari is good, but you lose so much by yeah. having an Ari over other midlaners. Mm -hmm. And then I tuned into the WRL, and it was obvious. Leeson Zed is my second most powerful character synergy pairing. Sure. Um, because the Leeson can gank the early lanes, and the Zed just detonates people late game. And so the Leeson provides early game cover for Zed, who is a weaker early game character. Once you get to the mid game, they can both single target characters and access backlines. It's just a great yep. duo. That that's pretty similar to what I was telling Grandin about a Renekton Leeson as well, but with a little bit more scaling, a little bit more damage. Um, and then Yumi. Obviously, there needs to be a Yumi character yep. here. It's just which Yumi pairing. Right. I went for Yumi Garen because I think that this is like <laughs> a little bit of speculation, but I think that's going to be one of the most powerful looks. We saw some Yumi Garen in the Philippines WCS. Yes, that's right. Yep. And in the WCK. And it was pretty disgusting. It's pretty horrifying. You just can't kill the Garen, and Garen yep. just sits there and slowly Beyblades you to death. Fun fact, one of the only non-Moxman, non-Mage bot lane pairings that we've ever seen in League of Legends was Yumi Garen. So uh, that's not something I'm looking forward to. It sounds very disgusting. Like, Garen's already the best top laner, in my opinion, so... The tankiest, for sure, and one of the best, for sure, yeah. Like, you can make an argument for Darius, uh, Renekton, mm. but I think Garen's certainly... If set's banned, which he always is. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's fair. And I think the other thing that makes that so scary is that Garen can actually afford to build tanky, yes. right? Whereas if you're building Darius, even he needs to, like, spec towards some attack damage items, whereas the Garen can just be his biggest boy, and Yumi will thrive on that, because she has so much yep. runway to work with. There's so much time where Yumi can just be operating spells. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think also Yumi does so much damage that being on she benefits mm -hmm. heavily from being on a Garen, because he doesn't need to do damage, because Yumi does so much damage. But if you if you built Arden Sensor... Well, the Garen then, auto like, attacks just do chat. wild amounts of damage anyway. I'm pretty sure Garen spin scales off attack speed as well. It does. Right, right. so yeah, the sensor is going to be great for that. Yup. So that's my, like, predictive. I'm calling a shot there. I think Yumi Garen will be the best Yumi pairing. Uh, maybe we can listen back and laugh in a week. Um, <laughs> then I went, uh, you'll, you'll love this, actually, talking about yeah. SEA champs. Then I went Ash TF in my number four slot, because I think... Mm -hmm. That pairing provides such good global pressure. You can see anything at any time. You can have double stun anywhere on the map at any time. Um, Twisted Fate can play side lane in the late game. Ash can be a sustained carry in the late game. Early game TF can gank for Ash. Like, it's just a great setup. Uh, and then I closed it out with number five, Braum Ash, which I think is one of the best duo lane. Yep, that's fine as well. Uh, I feel like my list is completely different from yours. I mean, of course, it's got to be a Yumi pairing. Uh, I don't care which Yumi pairing it is, as long as there is a Yumi pairing. Like, honestly, this whole list could be Yumi pairing. But, like, where's the fun in that, right? Yeah. So, um, Yumi we'll just put, yeah, we'll put a Yumi pairing as a number one, because that's just dumb. Uh, I think Camille Galio well, is good. You can't just say a Yumi pairing. If I called a shot and okay. guessed what the best Yumi pairing was going to well, be. Well, I, I like Jax. I'll say Jax. Really? Okay. I think Jax is still going to be strong, even after the note. Uh... Now I'll say Camille Jack's Galio. Jungle, or are you playing Jack's top? Jack's jungle. Jack's top is pretty really? terrible. After after yeah. Mastermind, where he doesn't make any money from the jungle anymore. I mean, I think he's still fine. Like once he gets to two items, he's still. Sure. 
But you just yeah. have such a window in the early game now where Jax doesn't do anything. Yeah, that is true. But it's just, can you survive? And then if you do survive, Jax says, Yumi, he just turbos the game. I've been thinking about Jax Riven. Or sorry, Yumi Riven. I think that's going to yep, be really scary that's also as well. broken. It's literally any bruiser, which is why Yumi pairings are so vague, right? Like, literally yeah. any bruiser can work. Sorry. Number two. Um, Camille Galio, probably. I like that combo a lot. Even though I think it's less oppressive in 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 Wild Rift. Maybe... Hmm, yeah, we'll stick with Camille Galio. I'm considering, like, a bruiser or, like, a split pusher plus TF. But I, I think that mm-hmm. Galio version is just superior with, with, um, with what's it called? With Camille, of course. Yeah. My brain, not working. Uh, I like the Ash Bomb. I think we can keep the Ash Bomb. Uh, this is not in order. I'll sort it out once I list everything out. And then I want like a Draven Trash in there because people who play that are Chats or Psychopaths. No in between. And uh, I'm missing one, right? Yeah. Oh, this is the hardest one. What can I... You know what? We'll go for something simple. We'll go for a classic. We'll put like a like a Oriana Javan on the list. Sure. I didn't even think about Ori comps, which is a little bit upsetting because I'm an Oriana player. Yeah, Ari Javin's probably a... I'm trying to think there's a better ball carrier than Javin and Wild Rift. Um, Rakan, really maybe. I really like... I will tell you, I really like Nunu when I'm an Oriana player. Really? Yeah. Well, Nunu he, gives you a lot of space to team. He gives you a lot of space to team fight, and his ult combos so well with your ult. That's you true. put the orb on him, you shockwave people to the middle. Because huh. the big thing you want as Oriana, especially in Wild Rift, is move speed into stun. Because you don't want to live in a world where... The other team can see the shockwave combo coming. Yeah, yeah. And Nunu just shows a good Nunu player. Bad Nunu players yeah. do not apply. Good Nunu players okay. show up out of nowhere, hit the enemy team at Mach 10. You can make them go faster by hitting with the orb and then spending the shock and yeah. they get a speed boost. And I love to do that before they're even on the enemy team's screen. I like see them coming, I hit them with the orb, give them a speed boost. Boom, they're in lane. Boom, they're shockwave. Boom, they're hit by the Nunu ult. They're dead. I know we discussed all these things, but I'm actually going to change my mind. I'm not going to put an Ari combo in there because I value proactivity and I want to incentivize proactivity. I'm going to change that to a TF Lee Sin combo. I feel like there has to be a sure. TF combo and there has to be a Lee Sin combo. So why not just put them together? You know what? I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah, but like she's gone now. It's a rough matter for <laughs> Oriana. Okay, uh, give me the ordering then. Number one, still okay, Yumi Jack. I need to type this out. I need to type this out. Actually, okay, yeah, works. Hold up, we can live in we can live in the future. I'll screen, screen share. share. Alright. So it has to we have to our list have to be the same, right? We have to come to a consensus, right? Yeah, but let's get yours in order first. Mm, okay. Yumi combo is definitely number one, because that's dumb as hell. It's so broken. Um Camille Galio second seems fair. We're gonna swap Ash Bomb down to fifth and TF Lee Sin up to third, and I think we're good. Okay. So Let's just, because there was a lot of discussion, let's just run through what our two lists are. This was really exciting. I knew that we would get different results out of this. So this is a good prompt. Um, I'm going to run through what our two lists are, and then we do have to come to a consensus. So here we go. In the TJ column, Varus Braum is number one, Lee Sin Zed, Yumi Garen, Ash TF, Braum Ash. In the Omo column, Yumi plus Jax, Camille Gallio, TF Lee Sin, Draven Thrash, and then at number five, Ash plus Braum. Let's actually start our combined lists with that number five, Ash plus Braum, because we do agree on it, and I feel like that's just a really easy one to pencil up. Yep, that's fair. Number five, Ash plus Braum, for sure. 
Um, I cannot allow two Braum combos in this list, so I think we have to take out Varus Braum. Like, I would not stand for two Braum. Varus Braum at, like, number three. Uh, I'll let you, I'll I, let I think Ash Brom has more like, synergy, I'm though. I'm afraid of the Yumi, too. I would even let you, if you want to put a Lee Sin combo higher up this list, I would let you do that. I refuse to allow Brom to slip any lower than, like, three or four, because he's just such a good enabler. But I think it Vers has to be Ash Brom. best AD carry. Yeah, that is true, right? Like, Varus is the best AD carry, but I think Ash Brom just has more synergy. But but Varus Brom, like, Ash Brom, really good landing phase. Varus yeah. Brom, the entire rest of the game, you put the Varus behind the Braum and just throw arrows from another screen, okay. and they cannot get past the Braum. Okay, I'll let you pick, but we can't have more than one Braum combo. Okay, can I put Varus Braum in No higher three? than four. No higher than four. I think it's what? four and most. Because when the Braum auto-attacks somebody, the entire team then auto-attacks them, and they're stunned up permanently. And once they're stunned, it's really easy for Varus to get in range and land the auto-attacks before their arrow. They work mm. so well together. The Perma CC. Mm. I don't know. I feel like Ash Brom still have more synergies because of the Perma slows, like the but Perma you zone you control. You don't need to slow them with with the Varus Brom because you stun them once and then Varus full combos them and then they're dead. Okay, I'll let you have three, but right. I get to pick one. Uh, but we agreed that one is gonna be a Yumi combo, right? I think it should. Be, okay, well, let me write this in. You know what? Maybe just out of spite, we'll put the Yumi combo as two. Yeah, well, I also don't want to call, like, uh, w what if we overreact, right? Nope, it's not an overreaction. Yumi's going to be busted. <sighs> okay. b -b 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 busted. Yumi is n number two out of spite. Yeah. Um, I also just think, like, from a competitive standpoint, here's the other reason I would push Yumi to number two. Yumi comps are going to be very powerful because Yumi is very powerful. Yeah. But from a competitive standpoint, I don't think a Yumi composition is the best draft you can build. Probably not. It's not the most cohesive draft. Right. But uh, it does what it does so really well. So what is the cornerstone that produces the best draft? I think that's Lee Sim. Sure. So it's TF Lee Sim. I don't know. Twisted Fate doesn't... I think because the big thing that Lee Sim okay, how offers about is he can show up in mid lane very early and inject gold. Or he can show up in bottom lane very early and inject gold. So honestly, mm -hmm. like Varus Lee Sim. Very good, right? I mean, but we're talking about it specifically in terms of synergies, right? Exactly. And if we're talking about it in terms of synergies, I feel like it has to be Lee Sin with a point-and-click CC champ. That has to be the combo, and it's either TF or Renekton. And I feel like Renekton's kind of out of the meta, but it's also TF is also kind of out of the meta. I mean, maybe we could swap it from TF Lee Sin to Renekton Lee Sin. I'm happy with that, too. Do I just like proactivity. They always do. Even in PC, they are like Renekton big time. Yeah. He's he big. You put him up front, things go well. <laughs> Crocodile stun you. Um, I but if you watch like China play, Lee Sin Zed is so powerful because you get all that gold onto yeah. that assassin in the early game. But I I think Lee Sin Zed looks so good for them, not because of synergy. Like those two champions are just broken and broken. Like what specifically is this? Right? Like you give him gold and you guys skirmish early. Like, well, that seems a bit general to me. Single target in the late game is so powerful because Lee Sin can open sure. up team compositions for Zed. Sure, the way, but, like, right? if you think about it, like, with, like, a TF Lee Sin or a Renekton Lee Sin, whoever mm. you point and click stun will die. Like, it's the same it's the same logic, right? Like, you will kill someone. You will one-shot them. I'll give you TF Lee Sin. I don't think it should be one, though. Yeah. But I don't know what would be one. Maybe like it really TF is Lee Sin is, one. like... Maybe even lower than Varus Braum, which sucks. Yeah, I think it's lower. Both those characters are like good. Uh -huh. I think we could slot it in at a four. I honestly don't know what could be one. I guess Camille Gallio could be one. I really like Camille Gallio. Camille Gallio. 
Camille's yeah, very good. I don't... Is this Galio support? Doesn't matter. Just the two champion. Roles don't matter at all. It could be Camille jungle, Camille top, well, Galio mid, Galio it, support. I don't it care. It matters for Galio because Galio mid doesn't have any HP. Sure. And but the point is, like, whoever can Camille Hextech ultimatums is gonna die. Sure. I'll give it if if we specify that it's Galio support. I'll put sure. that in, but I think that's worse than you. Okay, then it seems like we have no choice. Yumi is number one. Yumi's the king. <laughs> ah! Yumi's the king. <laughs> it, it, look, like, we tried to avoid <laughs> it, tried. but Yumi's the king. We okay. tried our best. We did our due diligence here. Camille has one M, Thomas. I refuse I to spell it correctly. Okay, sure. That that seems about right. But I am spelling Yumi correctly because I had to look it up to write that blog over at esportstj.com. <laughs> uh, okay, Yumi plus who? That's the hot one. I don't know. I don't know. Garen or Jax? I don't care. Well, we we are just full speculating, right? Because um, oh. we're going to find out what the answer is. But I think we, we just put... haven't played enough games on this patch to know yet. I um, think we should look for we should put in a, a Garen then because that's more exciting. Sure, I I think the question is is does Yumi need to be paired with the jungle? Not necessarily. I think well, it's good too, but it's not a necessity. Right, but it you know we're talking about best character synergy. Yumi offers a lot to jungle. I think if there were a mm -hmm. dual laner that we thought Yumi worked really well with, that should be top of the list because that I mean Ezreal Yumi, lane, right? But right. Ezreal Ezreal's not that good right now. Lucian, I think, is in with a in with a yeah, Lee Lucian, Sin. Yumi's if, good if this was three and we could go Lee Sin, Lucian, Yumi, that's top of the list. Because that's You know, realistically, right, we could do this entire list with Yumi combos. Like honestly, we honestly could. Sure. Factual. However, so if if we have three picks, it's Lucian, I think, because if you have sure. a Lee Sin or a different early ganker, then you're fine. Yeah. But without an early ganker, that lane can be bullied, and so I think that. Can't can we just sense say Yumi combos because it's all about the Yumi and whatever she's paired with? Like there's a wealth of options because Yumi's just broken. Can we just say Yumi combos? Honestly, <laughs> I want I want to speculate for the best one, though, right? I, I think mean, it's Garen, then. If we're using, yeah, if we're using that frame of, frame of reference, what pick does Yumi offer the most value to, then Garen makes sense. Okay, unless, let's go, Garen. Unless you really believe in Riven, I suppose. Eh, I think it's Garen. Garen is more exciting to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's number five? So the list right now is Yumi Garen, number one, Camille Gallio, number two, Varus Braum, and number three, Twisted Fate Lee Sin, and number four. Number five Put is still Draven a... Trash. Put in Draven I, Trash. Draven... Really? Draven Trash. Draven's bad. I, I would like to see a Draven Trash in there. Draven's I like a the aggressiveness. I think though. He has no yes, but I think Draven so you Trash. You stand on his face and you hit him. But this is one of the Thresh only lanes that I, hard CC, I think so. So it doesn't matter what he thinks about that. To what Trash is Lantern. Like that's why mobile carries with Trash is always a thing, right? Because Lantern is just so broken. Sure, but in Wild Rift, where the lanes are so small, I just feel like Draven dies. Every time I, I mean, I don't think Draven, Draven is a good character like Braum or something. The Draven just isn't the character. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not a good champ by any means. I just think this is a good combo. Alternatively, we... something we forgot about is actually Zyra Khan. Do we just cop out and put that in there? No, Zyra Khan's not a good combo. <laughs> like it is, it is a good combo. Like if we're grading this on what most increases the viability of champions, Zyra yeah. is a terrible character. And if you put a Rakan yes, in agreed. lane with her, then she's like mediocre. So incredible improvement there. But if we're like, what are the best things to put in your draft, which is how we started, then I don't think Zaya should be anywhere near this list, nor should Draven. What about, this is tough, this is I'm, tough, this is tough. I'm thinking about the engage options that are so good right now, and like Darius protobelting in, that sort of thing. 
Ooh, what about Javan Zig? I'm thinking sure. of like a Zig. Ziggs is really good if he has a solid front line. I would actually yeah. say I would really buy like I was going to say Varus uh, uh, Darius because they're wait. Actually, so can good we change? Can we change Camille Galio to Camille Ziggs? I think that's better. I'm changing my mind. I think it's Camille <laughs> I Ziggs. I don't really think Galio should be on that list, so I'll do it. Yeah, let's do Ziggs. Because you just put the Mega in front of Bomb over the Camille. Yeah. And also both both champs just play the same way the other one wants to play. Like Camille wants to side and then Ziggs just wait. Yep. I don't know. Number five, I think we could do Ash Brom, but I really don't want to see two Brom combos in here. Maybe like a Lucian Brom. He's a good Brom. champion. Maybe like a Lucian Brom could be okay. Ah, uh, Lucian like Brom's a... not very good though. Because that's just full investment in the early game. And the big thing that Brom does is he adds early game to characters that don't have it, I think. And Lucian Brom just, you do nothing after the 10 minute mark, right? I don't know, Thomas. You can decide number five. My brain is blanking here. I'm trying to think of something with Morgana, but it's all the same pairings as Yumi, basically. Maybe yeah. like a Morgana Riven, I don't is know. It, I should have set this at three. I think if I had set this at yeah, three... Yeah, I think five is a bit... <laughs> it's tough. No, I mean uh, three characters opposed to... Oh, sure, yeah. Actually, I've got it. Kha'Zix Zen. Or, sorry, Kha'Zix um, Ziggs. Why? Because... Ziggs has the ability to half HP or quarter HP anyone on the enemy team, but he really struggles to get those kills. Kha'Zix, very good character for finishing people off. But that's just off. any, any assassin, right? Yeah, but that like specific duo sees a lot of play because Kha'Zix makes, is the best at getting into the backline, and Ziggs is one of the best poke. Uh, yeah, sure, why not? I think Kha'Zix Varus, but we already put Varus on this list. That sounds fine. We could do that. Oh, yeah. Kazix plus uh Kaziggs, get it? Oh my god. Spelled K H A Z I G G S. How cool is uh, that? Good, good, good. No, Kazig's one word. One word. Uh no, there's an apostrophe. No no no, but like get rid of the Z I X. You see you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah, make it car Z I G G S. It's a pun. It's I a pun. <laughs> Alright. There so we in go. order, our combined list. That was I think one of the hardest power that rankings was we've done. Way too hard. In order, our combined list is number one, best duo you can draft, Yumi Garen. Number two, Camille Ziggs. Oh, we have two Ziggs on this list. What does that say about us? Ziggs is broken. I mean, we would have had five Yumis on this list if we could. True. So, I also think that um, our number five could be Kha'Zix with any poke, like Varus, also very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. with Jade, that's all. Yeah. Uh, three, Varus Braum. Number four, Twisted Fate Lee Sin. Number five, Kha'Ziggs, baby. You know him. You love him. <laughs> we did it. Uh, very quickly, because we are over time, let's run through our report and honor. Uh, mm -hmm. This is, of course, stolen from the LCS podcast where they report an honor. Here we report and thumbs up because uh, it's Wild Rift. Leonard, yep. do you have anything you'd like to report? Yes, and I kind of briefly addressed it already, but I'm reporting players that don't know when they should be contesting objectives. Solo queue games and pro games, both. In in solo queue games, if you're the kind of like player that just like spam pings dragon at like four minutes or spam pings Rift Herald at four minutes and then you just run it down, you deserve to lose. And you will lose because you're bad and you're dumb. And pro <laughs> games, if you do this, it's so crazy. Like I literally see people in the WCS doing this shit. They just run into objectives that they clearly cannot contest. And then they just die for no reason. Yep. And then they lose their objectives and their lives. And they don't train anything on the other side of the map. Guys, objectives are there and they're important. I'm not saying they're not important, but like, don't tunnel vision. People, okay, I know how to phrase it. 
reporting people who tunnel vision on 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 objectives. I think the two things that were flagged for solo queue players, if you're a solo queue player and you want to know how you avoid this, do an inventory of your team. Every time you're about to fight for an objective, look at what cooldowns people have up, look at what uh, health bars people are at, make sure that your inventory is better than the other team's inventory before you fight. And it is that simple. Um, for pro games, where things go wrong mostly in North America is uh, timings more than anything else. Uh, and you definitely have composition problems where people just fight for an objective and I'm like, you have a late game completed team that through trying to steal, a, trying to like sneak a Baron when they had a hyper late game composition with like Senna on it, and I was losing my mind because... Mm -hmm you should be always stalling out and making the game go as late and long as possible if you have a hyper late game composition. You shouldn't ever start an objective fight, basically. Uh, unless you have really good timings for it, by which I mean the enemy team is dead and they're not going to be back until you finish uh, killing the, the objective. And I'm going to, like, double report, I think... <laughs> the thing that really pisses me off as well is when pro teams kill the enemy team's jungler and there's an infernal dragon up and they're like i don't know Wait, what so, do they do do they just chill yeah they just like play the map and i'm like what what was the point of the fight why did you get the pick um yeah i mean that's just dumb so if the enemy team's jungler is down in pro you can take the dragon every time um unless they have like long range poke that gets scary um and Conversely, the thing that goes wrong more than anything else is they win a fight and they're like, sick, we won the fight, let's do Dragon, let's do Baron. And you're like, yeah, but the enemy team's going to be back up in 20 seconds and you don't have a super quick kill here and it, they're going to be back at the Dragon. Even though you won the fight, they will have a better map state off of respawn than you do. So you need to take okay. the dub and reset. Um, so that sort of thing. My report, uh, draft tanks, what are we doing? <laughs> WNS teams picking Corky mid? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Playing Fiora top lane? Fiora's okay, but if you don't have any tanks because you have to play Lulu support because you're a North American player, you should have at least two tanks on your team if you want to go to late game. It's that simple. And if I you mean, don't have them in support, then your top lane should be Darius, Renekton, Garen. One of those three. Maybe Set if you can swing them because North American players don't ban Set because they don't play tanks. Uh, so play, play set, play Garen, play Darius in the top lane, and then if you can't find that extra tank in your support role, play him in the jungle. There are a lot of really good tanky junglers right now. You can play uh, uh, Jarvan, you can play Nunu, you can play all kinds of picks that will reduce your ability to be an effective early game jungler, but will mean that your AD carries, your mid laners, get more time to do damage in late game team fights, get more protection. Um, support Garen, support Alistair, support Braum work very well for this. And then in the mid lane, Diana, Galio can take hits, can be pseudo tanks for a team, uh, and you should draft them. Draft more tanks in North America, that's my report. Yeah, and tanks just make your life so easy. Yep. Tanks make the game so simple to play out. You only need one carry. Yep. You don't need five carries, you need one carry. Maybe an assassin if you're running the one carry route, but like at most two. If I see three carry characters on your team, I'm upset with you because that tells me that you don't know how you're going to win the game. You're just you're throwing stuff max. at the wall. Your mechanics maxing. Yeah, you're just saying we're going to win lane, and you can't you can't go internationally and win games by just winning lanes because there will be better players at international finals. So, and for the people in my solo queue games, draft tanks, you're not that good. 
There are better yep. players in your rank queue. Stop yep. trying to win lane as Fiora. Just play Garen. You'll win more 100% games. 100% agree. 100% agree with this, TJ. If you don't know that you are better than the average enemy player on the character... No, but that's the thing. When you see it that way, they always think they're better. Oh, yeah, I'm better. No, you're not! Yeah. They're delusional. That's why the hot talk. <laughs> God. Stop playing Lux support! Jesus! Oh, yeah. It's so niche. Just don't... Like, the thing is, Lux support... People give Lux support a bad name. Uh, she's actually yeah, not a bad pick. Lux support is fine, but... Yeah, it's just that people, people play her like they think they are like a carry, and it's so annoying. Yeah. Uh, give me your thumbs up. Did I have one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Yumi top players. Great. Thumbs up to you. <laughs> Hi! Um, yeah, because you're so skilled, and you definitely deserve <laughs> to win. No, but jokes aside, like, I like seeing innovation, and I like seeing people change the way the game's, like, played, and, like, di <coughs> diverging from the meta in a way that makes sense, which is rare. Um, I might not, like like Yumi and I might think like you degenerate champ but like nice I like seeing innovation uh my thumbs up similar story I'm giving it to C9's coach Nano um I nice. really hated some of C9's drafts in the early days they played uh Soraka mid uh because the LCS team did it and yep. you could tell yep. they were just like we're gonna do the thing that LCS and it didn't work it's not good in this game um so I was very tilted by their drafts for a very long time. They kept putting carries in the jungle and keeping the team's attention away from old school, putting him in, like, Kaisa solo lane jail when he was very clearly one of the best AD carries in North America. I was very upset by Cloud9's drafts for a very long time. This weekend, Cloud9 put together the best drafts I've seen in North American Pro. So Very nice. Shoutouts to Coach Nano over on Cloud9. Uh, that about wraps us. So, yeah. Omo. Yes, sir. What time is it for you now? 11.30, but I need to go play a video game. 11.30 p.m. Yep. We changed yeah. to a recording in the mornings now. If you're like, wow, TJ has way more energy. We're recording in the morning. Yeah, and I'm not dead because it's late. I'm just a little bit hungover. Yeah, Omo's sure. uh, actually hungover because he just woke up at <laughs> 9 p.m. Well, I had dinner before this. See, isn't it breakfast? Do you change the names of what the meal is? No, I, I stick to the structure. I still call it dinner. Right. I'm not special. I'm not going to change it. But was it your first meal of the day? No, I had a late lunch at like 5 p.m. Ah, and that was your first meal of the day at 5 p.m. The life I also of a haven't gamer. had coffee in like two days, which is crazy. That's really good. Yeah, I'm really happy. Um, so hopefully we're going to, because of this new schedule that we've found that aligns yeah. more closely with Leonard's lifestyle... Yeah. <laughs> be able to record more consistently um, and you can go ahead and find all the episodes of this show over at esportstj.com as well as the podcast app of your choice we're on basically everything if you are listening to nice. us via a podcast app please do leave a rating and a review helps the algorithm determine that we're cool <laughs> see you next week peace